Welcome to our Trade Academy podcast series in which our experts simplify complex concepts involved in international trade and trade finance. In this episode, we'll be focusing on Incoterms, the international commercial terms as published by the International Chamber of Commerce. We welcome you all to the training on understanding Incoterms. My name is Royston Fernando. And I am Mona Mohammed, and we are your hosts. This training is presented by HSBC's client services team within global trade and receivable finance. We are keen to help you make the most of the trade products your organization uses. So we hope you find this session useful today. So let's get started with the basics and answer the question, what are incoterms? Now I will read out a definition which gives out a clear understanding of what incoterms are and are not. The incoterms or international commercial terms are a series of predefined commercial terms published by the International Chamber of Commerce relating to international commercial law. They are widely used in international commercial transactions or procurement processes and their use is encouraged by trade councils, courts and international lawyers. A series of three-letter trade terms related to common contractual sales practices, the Incoterms rules are intended primarily to clearly communicate the tasks, costs and risks associated with the global and international transportation and delivery of goods from seller to the buyer. But they do not themselves conclude a contract, determine the price payable, currency or credit terms, contract law or define where title to goods transfers. So one would ask, why are incoterms important? The most obvious reason is that the incoterms clearly define the roles and responsibilities for both buyer and seller when they are trading in goods. This helps minimize any any miscommunication on either side during the complicated process of moving goods from one place in the world to another. The International Chamber of Commerce have published new Incoterms 2020 that have come into effect from the 1st of January 2020. The ICC originally published Incoterms in 1936 and have continually made updates to reflect the changes to the global trade environment. It's important that all parties involved in trade clearly understand the changes and how they apply to global supply chains. Incoterms play such a vital role in the world of global trade. Incoterms 2010 or Incoterms 2020 may seem complicated. Okay, so let's go with uh, the first of the Incoterms in brief. EXW or XWorks, we also can call it X Warehouse. This rule places minimum responsibility on the seller who merely has to make the goods available, suitably packaged at the specified place, usually the seller's factory or depot. The buyer is responsible for loading the goods onto a vehicle, even though the seller may be better placed to do this for all export procedures, for onward transport and all costs arising after collection of the goods. In many cross-border transactions, this rule can present practical difficulties. Specifically, the exporter may still need to be involved in export reporting and clearance processes 
and cannot realistically leave these to the buyer. Key information uh, for, for EXW or XWorks. XWorks is when the seller places the goods at the disposal of the buyer, at the seller's premises or at another named place, factory, warehouse, etc. The seller does not need to load the goods on any collecting vehicle, nor does it need to clear them for export, where such clearance is applicable. The next one, free carrier, FCA, we will discuss this a little later during the training in line with the changes of the 2020 version. So now we'll look at carriage paid to CPT. The seller is responsible for arranging carriage to the named place, but not for ensuring the goods to the named place. However, delivery of the goods takes place and risk transfers from seller to buyer at the point where the goods are taken in charge by a carrier. The key information in this is that the seller delivers the goods to the carrier or another person nominated by the seller at an agreed place if any such site is agreed between parties and that the seller must contract for and pay the costs of carriage necessary to bring the goods to the named place of destination. The next is CIP, which we will again discuss later in line with the changes of the 2020 version. DAP, delivered at place, can be used for any transport mode or where there is more than one transport mode. The seller is responsible for arranging carriage and for delivering the goods, ready for unloading from the arriving means of transport at the main place. Risk transfers from the seller to buyer when the goods are available for unloading. So unloading is at the buyer's risk. The buyer is responsible for import clearance and any applicable local taxes or import duties. Some key information for DAP. 1. The seller delivers when the goods are placed at the disposal of the buyer on the arriving means of transport ready for unloading at the named place of destination. The seller bears all risks involved in bringing the goods to that named place. The next one being DPU, again will be discussed because this also has certain changes that we see in the 2020 version. So we will be discussing this again uh, in a little more detail. So now we'll look at delivered duty paid, DDP. The key information in this is that the seller delivers the goods when the goods are placed at the disposal of the buyer, cleared for import on the arriving means of transport, ready for unloading at the named place of destination. The seller bears all the costs and risks involved in bringing the goods to the place of destination. They must clear the products not only for export but also for import to pay any duty for both export and import and to carry out all customs formalities. Okay, so we discussed seven out of the eleven inco terms and these seven that we discussed are all modes of transport. These inco terms apply to all modes of transport. The next four that we are going to share with you in brief apply to sea and inland waterways only. I repeat these 
the next four anchor terms will apply to sea and waterway, inland waterways only. So let's go with the first one. Free alongside ship. Use of this is restricted to goods transported by sea or inland waterway. In practice, it should be used for situations where the seller has direct access to the vessel for loading. Example, bulk cargoes or non-containerized goods. For containerized goods, consider free carrier instead. Seller delivers goods cleared for export alongside the vessel. I repeat, alongside the vessel at a named port. At which point, the risk transfers to the buyer. The buyer is responsible for loading the goods and all costs thereafter. Key information. 1. The seller delivers when the goods are placed alongside the vessel. Example on a key or a, a, a barge. Nominated, however, by the buyer at the name port of shipment. The second one, key information. The risk of loss of damage to the goods passes when the products are alongside the ship. I repeat, are alongside the ship. The buyer bears all costs from that moment onwards. Right. The next one is free on board. That is FOB. Now, use of this rule is restricted to goods transported by sea or inland waterways. In practice, it should be used for situations where the seller has direct access to the vessel for loading. That is, bulk cargoes or non-containerized goods. For containerized goods, consider free carrier or FCA instead. Free on board, the seller delivers goods cleared for export, loaded on board the vessel at the named port. Once the goods have been loaded on board, risk transfers to the buyer, who bears all costs thereafter. The key information is that the seller delivers the goods on board the vessel nominated by the buyer at the named port of shipment or procures the goods already so delivered. The risk of loss of or damage to the goods passes when the products are on board the vessel. The buyer bears all costs from that moment onwards. CFR, cost and freight, one of the very most common income terms that most of our traders use. In practice, it should be used for situations where the seller has direct access to the vessel for loading. Example, again, bulk cargoes and non-containerized goods. For containerized goods, again, I suggest carriage paid to instead, CPT. Seller arranges and pays for transport to a name port. Seller delivers the goods cleared for export, loaded on board the vessel. However, risk from seller to buyer, once the goods have been loaded on board, that is before the main carriage takes place. Note, seller is not responsible for insuring the goods for the main carriage. Key information, the seller delivers the goods on board the vessel or procures the goods already so delivered. The risk of loss of or damage to the goods passes when the products are on board the vessel. The seller must contract and pay for the cost and freight necessary to bring the goods to the named port of destination. The next is CIF. Now, use of this rule is restricted to goods transported by sea or inland waterway, like the other ones. And in practice, it should be used for situations where the seller has direct access to the vessel for loading, that is bulk cargoes or non-containerized goods. 
for containerized goods you should consider using carriage and insurance paid that is cip instead now the seller arranges and pays for transport to named port seller delivers goods cleared for export loaded on board the vessel however risk transfers from seller to buyer once the goods have been loaded on board that is before the main carriage takes place seller also arranges and pays for the insurance for the goods for carriage to the named port however as with carriage and insurance paid too the rule only require a minimum level of cover which may be commercially unrealistic therefore the level of cover may need to be addressed elsewhere in the commercial agreement okay so we've uh, briefly covered the 11 in terms of course we will be talking about fca cip and dp a little later that's it for this episode please join us in the next installment to learn more about delivery rules as defined within incoterms 